Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that, like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is time for the Rusev Rumble Day! I am the New, New Jersey Kid Joshi, and with my tag team partner, Mr. Michael Newman, the Rogue of Wrestling. How you doing this week, Newman? Oh man, I started out fucking awesome. Like, the it started out as the Rusev Rumble, but you know what they fucking ended as? The Asia the- Rumble. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> so, uh, the for context, Which... the, the party that we went to, the Royal Rumble party, uh, right at the end of fucking uh, Shinsuke Nakamura winning the men's Rumble, everybody just started chanting Asia, <laughs> <laughs> Asia, Asia, Asia. I tried. Did we get a we second like... out of that after Oscar? Did you uh, chant I think Asia we just mentioned. Asuka? I think we, we mentioned that Asia like got over tonight. Yeah, it's like the fucking only two Asian people on the main roster. Fucking one is a miracle. Uh, yeah, and I, I still can't believe it. I think I'm still in shock. You know, I think this Royal Rumble is going to be forever remembered as the Asian invasion. <laughs> <laughs> when the Asians <laughs> took over WWE. When the Asians took over WWE. The Things same. Were the same again. The same year that New Japan is just really starting to eclipse and show that it's a major competitor against WWE? I think not. The same year that New Japan major star Cody Rhodes is starting his own show called All In? I think not. The Japanese are taking over. The same year that the Bullet Club is reaching new heights? Mm Mm-hmm. WWE, be afraid. Asian invasion has begun. <laughs> Be very afraid. All right, how do we want to break this down this week? Are we going chronologically? Like, because there's just a lot we have to get to. I know there's so much. Well, you know what? Do we let's let's blast through NXT Philly first because that that was the I think pound for pound best show of the week. Yeah, from beginning to end, definitely. Uh, yeah. the the lowest match, and it wasn't even that bad of a match, was um. The Velveteen Dream and Cassius Ono match, and I only say that that was the lowest match on the card because it had the least buildup. Right? I mean, they they were solid in the ring, but mm-hmm. that's true. It didn't really have very much buildup, and this is, I mean, it accomplished exactly what it was supposed to do, right? Which is get Velveteen a win. Yeah, and it did exactly in a solid that. match. And I, I fucking love the storytelling because, like, right at the uh, the last second, they threw in this whole thing where he was gonna try and knock out Cassius in thirty seconds. Yes. And I loved it. Like, so then he came out. Not only was he, like, trying to beat his own gimmick by saying that that's his strategy, but then his fucking whole outfit, too, was, like, a complete parody of Cassius Soto, having the basketball shorts, you mm-hmm. know, having his face on it, like, the, you know, dream over instead of, like, game over, and yeah. having, like, the, <laughs> the fucking hoodie to, like, make fun of his jersey. Like, I just love how much I think he is completely realizing the levels of his character. And, like, he's already, like, in a lot of ways, like, he's kind of already surpassed a guy like Ono. As a oh, definitely. Ono, I think, has kind of fallen into, and it could be a planned spot of NXT, is we probably aren't going to move you up to the main roster. You're going to be the gatekeeper of NXT. I think he's actually a pretty good gatekeeper, too, so, I mean, why not? Yeah. He's older. He's a solid performer in, term, in, in ring. Mm-hmm. And so just have him put him against the next up-and-comer guy. Like, as a test, like, and I think there was a test for Velveteen, I think he passed it. Exactly, you know, like you said, because he's, he's an older guy, so you've got that experience bit. The actual mm-hmm. fact that he can put on a pretty good match with almost anybody. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he's a bigger guy, so that actually beating him constantly looks more impressive. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, the fact that he has a little bit of that, like, goofballishness character, like, doesn't feel like he's constantly being wasted. No. Like, he feels like it's like, oh, yeah, this is a good role for him. And not, like, in a way that, like, I think Dolph Ziggler is, like, it's a, it's a tragic case that he <sighs> ended up being the gatekeeper for so long. Because he's will, a guy We will get to like, him this week. Because, like, what the fuck? Oh, my gosh. He wasn't even on SmackDown. Nope. The last entrance to the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my God. What a fucking waste. Because, like, all right. It's... I, rem- I remember mentioning to you when we were watching it, like, that there were a couple people I was listening to. And, to, like, people were starting to get convinced of this idea that Dolph Ziggler could come back and fucking win the Royal Rumble. When is the yeah. last time anybody has ever thought anything remotely like that? Not even you, and you're one of the biggest Dolph Ziggler fans I know. I am a huge Dolph Ziggler, Mark. And it's like, yeah. I think that it proves a lot of what he was even saying, that it's like, look, you just need a little bit of time for me to go away and for people to forget that I'm a loser. Because then right I think once the he time... wasn't there, and, and like the, I think the mystique of leaving the U.S. title was like, holy shit. Because mm. like, people were talking about him again. Yeah, I think more time had to have passed, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They fucking blew this. Yeah. But, like, the fact that we were talking about that before he came back was just that it's, like, you know? Yeah, the fact that it was even an option, right, so to speak. Like, the fact that it was even brought up on any podcast, like, no matter what the level is. And uh, the fact that even the Vegas odds were reflecting that, too. He actually had, like, the same odds as Cena. He was what? top? Yeah, he was in the top five, I think, of the Vegas odds. Mm Mm-hmm. He was pretty high up there, like, unreasonably high up there for Dolph Ziggler. I keep on, I keep on mistrusting those odds, and I should not. I, I seriously <laughs> need to learn my lesson. Yeah, they're they're right, an astounding percent of the time. But then again, I guess like usually, most, whenever they're wrong, is when Vince just gets in that mood to swerve something for the sake of swerving. Right, and I was thinking about that this weekend with the. So we did um, at our rumble party, we did two different kind of bets on the two different rumbles. So for the men's rumble. You had it where you put in 10 bucks and you got 15 points and you could divide those points to as as many or as little people as you wanted. So you could have put 15 points on Shinsuke Nakamura and unless someone else put 15 points on him as well, uh, you would have won. I, though, keeping in my head of Vince likes to swerve us fans, Mm -hmm. divided up my points and I lost because of that. And... Uh, I think that at least that keeps the rumble interesting. Sometimes it screws up some regular matches, but I like the fact that going into rumbles, I'm never 100% sure of who's going to win. Yeah, act- like in a year like this where there were actually like several people who could viably win the Royal Rumble, this mm-hmm. would be like a really exciting year to do that sort of thing. It's yeah. like actually bet on the rumble because like I feel like a lot of the years, especially recently, there's usually been only one or two or, like, almost no people who could reasonably win it. But this year, there there were several. Because, like, you know, obviously Shinsuke win it, and that's great. But, like, you could have reasonably seen Cena win it and set up a match with Styles. You could have reasonably seen Roman Reigns win it, unfortunately, to set up with uh, Brock Lesnar. You could have even, I think, really seen, like, Finn Balor win it and Finn set Bal- up, like, say, if he was going to go back after Lesnar for the title that he never lost. I like, think Sami Zayn, with the way he entered the Rumble... Mm, I see. I see what you're saying. Like him not being announced in it, but attacking Tyler, uh, Ty Dillinger, and uh, entering basically without an actual entry. <laughs> I think winning it, that would have led to an interesting storyline on SmackDown. Yeah, that could have been very interesting. Although, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I was thinking of an idea. And, all right, uh, how about this? To get Sami Zayn to WrestleMania as the champion going in instead so we saw on smackdown this week uh no Dolph ziggler again bullshit but something that was really good i liked that in the tag match sammy was the one that turned on kevin yeah it's not like a full turn it's just the idea that it's like look like the opportunity is there and i'm going to try and do everything i can to win it you know that's the idea and so what if sammy beats kevin this next week on smackdown so sammy gets the title shot at Fastlane against mm-hmm. AJ Styles then Kevin Owens like they keep teasing some tension between the two so you think that Kevin Owens might cost him the match but then Kevin Owens actually still helps him it was like you know just all mind game to try and you know get in the head of AJ Styles and then they actually you know he helps Sami Zayn win the WWE title 
And then you go into WrestleMania with Sami Zayn versus Nakamura in a repeat of Nakamura's very first match in NXT. Great match. And then Nakamura beats Zayn once again to become the uh, WWE champion. With uh, Kevin Owens as his corner, and I don't know, I guess you'd have to figure out something else for AJ Styles to do, unfortunately. But Yeah, that would be interesting just with the Owens dynamic, right? Yeah. I mean... I think it would still be a lot more interesting to just straight up do the Styles versus Nakamura match, but that could be another interesting way they could go. Yeah. Especially if, like, I think you build up, like, like really build up the idea and constantly refer to the fact that this is a repeat of uh, Nakamura's first match against Sami Zayn and that he beat him last time, so Zayn is just, like, scared out of his mind about losing again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's just trying to do everything he can to, like, stop Nakamura or beat him up or injure him before WrestleMania. Has, like, PTSD flashbacks to the first match. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he sees a Kinshasa, he just freaks out. All right, that would have been the first Kinshasa that we saw. Yeah, that was the very first uh, WWE Kinshasa. Mm-hmm. It was against uh, Sami Zayn. But, anyway, to get all the way back to fucking NXT, because <laughs> fucking jumped out of some fantasy. Hell of a there. tangent right there. Yeah, I, I, so you thought Cassius Ono and Dream was the weakest match on the card, but I thought it was the yes. tag match, to be honest. Really? I mean, it was still a good match, but I I felt like Velveteen's storytelling was just a lot better with Cassius Ono, like trying to get the knockout. Oh my god, I I thought the opposite because mm. I love the fact that I felt that the authors of pain sell too much as two big guys. Mm. Um, it makes for an exciting work rate match, but it doesn't make sense for how big they are compared to most of the other guys in NXT. But I thought in this match they sold the right amount. And I think that was probably Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly setting up the match, so to speak, mm-hmm. them calling it. And so that's why I thought that was the better match. It was the two, the two small guys really having to overcome the obstacle. Granted, they're the heels and authors of pains of the baby face. So it doesn't make as much sense. I mm-hmm. still thought it told a good story. I mean, it, it definitely did. I think part of my bias probably is just that I'm still completely not buying Kyle O'Reilly as a heel. <laughs> like just every time I look at that guy and I'm like, you are trying so hard to get people to dislike you, but you have the most What what little... would he need to do to become a heel to you? Like have a total beard or like something? Mm-hmm. I don't it's well, I mean, his luck of his little bit he would have to start doing shit that's like genuinely actually annoying instead of just being like, Hey, aren't we bad guys and we're cool? Like, they don't do anything that's really genuinely heelish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just kind of are like, Oh, we're heels, I guess. I guess the most heelish thing they do is they hang out with Adam Cole, and he says more heelish things. Well, I think I think the heel part comes from their interference in, like, his matches. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you would have to act, like, maybe they could go sort of, like, the Sami Zayn route and make him, like, a really just annoying little shithead heel. I think you would have, for Kyle, I think you would have to. Bobby is a really good heel, like, with his look already and stuff, so. Oh, yeah, Bobby Fish, like, see, that's the thing, is it's like, I, I acknowledge it was like, every time I was like, yeah, Bobby Fish is really doing it, he's doing a great job, and then I was like, Kyle O'Reilly, stop trying to be a heel. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> you're, like, 15. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's like, you're fucking 15. How are you a heel? I don't know. That's that's just, I guess that's my thing to get over. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> Uh, Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler was a great match. This was really the, good, too. Not the ending I was expecting, but still played off very well. No, definitely not what I was expecting, but, like, I think this is really smart. Yes, like, I think so. it extends mm-hmm. extends the feud, feud, like, tenfold, right? Because we thought Shayna just comes in and cleans house, and then you have Ember coming out of it, selling a lot, even selling all the way to the Rumble, the Women's Rumble, mm-hmm. which was great, so... Yeah, and I think I, I'm imagining this feeds into like Shayna Baszler's just gonna keep spelling the blood in the water and go after her, and I'm I'm assuming probably get the NXT title maybe on TV before uh, New Orleans. Maybe they have a rematch at New Orleans. Maybe not. I think it's the rematch at New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. You gotta uh, remember NXT is really good at extending out these feuds, right? Because they only have an hour of TV each week. Yeah. So you're gonna have weeks where you don't see Ember or Shayna. That's true. That's very true. Cause like That's they, a huge, it's a pro and a con. It's a pro because you can extend feuds like that. It's a con because sometimes you lose track of who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And 
so in addition to extending this feud too, I think that it, it was really nice and that it helped develop Shayna Baszler's character a little bit more too. And mm-hmm. that like not only is she, you know, very vicious, but she does definitely have that arrogance, and that arrogance is to the point that it is a weakness. Because the reason yes. that she lost is she got caught up. Like she was just yes. so confident in her hold that she had on Ember Moon that she you know, didn't notice that she got caught up in the pin. So Yeah. And I think it it added to Ember's character, right? We haven't mm-hmm. seen Ember be that clever before. Right. She's never tried to you know, resort to something like that. She's always been very straightforward, mm-hmm. trying to just beat the shit out of you and then hit the eclipse. Yeah. Uh, for our last two matches, either one could be match of the night, right? So which one are you going for? Ooh. Um, I mean, I think it's definitely still almost and um gargano as far as okay. match of the night but like black and cole was really fucking good too like <laughs> it was an amazing match yeah i i really fucking love to because uh every time with these hardcore matches people usually go straight to the shit way too quickly but i love that alistair black kept no. just being like no i don't need this shit yeah i'll just like you pick up a chair drop it <laughs> like oh yeah, him just cole sitting in the ring mm-hmm. then sitting in the chair just great he has that like He's one of the best psychologists in wrestling today, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he stays true to his character. Yeah. Like, constantly. It's great. And there's there's a lot of, like, he's really, you can tell that he's thought about it. You know, he's thought about the layers of his character. Because, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody would immediately make the connection of, like, oh, well, I'm so confident in myself that I just wouldn't use weapons. Yeah. Unless I, like, had to. Because, obviously, eventually he did. A little bit. But even then, he constantly was discarding them. Even late in the match. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think you like when you're having a no DQ match. Like no matter how true you're trying trying to stay to your character, mm-hmm. uh, there's a certain part that you would have to pick up a weapon, right? Right, because like even yeah, because you're, you're still a person, right? Like he's not the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> even though I mean, they he's kind, they kind of vampirish. Kind of, yeah, like they could make him the next Undertaker in a way. Mm-hmm. Um. Way more than I guess Bray Wyatt ever succeeded in that way, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, um, but then man, Adam Cole really brought it in this fucking match too. It wasn't just black, like. Oh yeah, it was definitely a, a tag team deal, so to speak. Yeah, and I feel like this match even more so cemented him than the um, War Games match did because that was so many guys and just so much shit was going on. Oh yeah, yeah. And this one really showed off what Adam Cole can actually do. Right, it's a one-on-one match. Even though it's no DQ, it's still told a good story. It was a much clearer story than the War Games match. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, even there there was interference and stuff like that, I think Cole still came out, like, pretty clean in this. Well, and then, especially because the, uh, the interference got countered. Yeah. Yeah, because, and it was very brief, like, you know, the Undisputed Era came in for a little bit, and then Sanity came out, and then they were gone, so. Yeah. That was perfect. And then that got reflected, too, in the main event. Like, the, you know, uh, Zelina Vega getting in there a little tiny bit, but then Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae getting the pop of the night. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that that whole fucking match was intense. Like, did you see that Meltzer gave it five stars? Yeah. I mean, deservedly so. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was, uh, so another problem that you have with NXT cards is that there's only five matches within a two-hour period. And there's not really a throwaway match. Um, no. Like I said, the Velveteen Dream match was my lowest. Yours was the tag team. But neither of those matches were like, oh, let me go to the bathroom. I don't care about it. Like, right. And so on an NXT card, it is so hard to calm the crowd down. But Amos and Gargano were fucking beautiful with their the match psychology and uh, pacing. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. It was a slow pace at the beginning that just built and built and built, and it was awesome. And then you even had an extra climax afterwards with the Champa attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like man, even even from before the match started, this shit was fucking amazing. Like uh, Andrade Cienal was coming out with the Luchador mask on first, like the El Sombra mask, mm-hmm. and taking it off and everything. Like that was fucking amazing. And the story of his career, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, all right there. It's just like, hey, I cut... Because like, he had the mariachi band introduce mm-hmm. him out. Takes that off. Oh, my gosh. He was there. And then fucking Gargano oh, there with, a, um, Jesus, Candice LeRae and his family. Yeah. Um, I heard a great... I forget who suggested it. Someone was like, it would have been great, actually, if Ciampa was in the mariachi band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have been interesting. 
but yeah, then just fucking insane match. Like, you're right. It started out very technical, but then it got really brutal really quick. And then mm-hmm. just didn't fucking let up. But it was like a fucking 30-minute match or something like that, I think. Yeah, and so you got the, you had enough time to let the crowd calm down from the black and gold match, mm-hmm. which they were extremely hyped about. And then, so you let them calm down at the beginning of this one to build. And like I said, Candice LeRae jumping that barricade had to be the loudest pop of the night because mm-hmm. they just built it so well. The camera kept cutting to her, like, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? And then, bam, when she did it, the crowd was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And oh man, like all right, so this is gonna be a really small moment too, but like something that was really good was uh, one of the times that Gargano had almost in the Gargano escape, mm-hmm. and then almost ended up like hooking his back foot on the rope, so like he couldn't yes. see, but he just had that level of ring awareness that he got it. Yeah. And then commentary sold it well because it's fucking Mauro Bernalo, so he picks up on that shit. Yeah. And like I think <laughs> that just really helps put over like because the fact that he ended up winning this match too really shows, like, look, Cien Almas is not just a guy who has a manager that helps him win. He is a fucking stellar wrestler who also has a manager who helps him cheat to win. Like His story has been kind of unbelievable, right? I mean, mm -hmm. how often were we saying that this guy was boring, he needed to change something? So he changed it in a way that we didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Um, Got the manager, and just, he improved, she improved him. Like, it's a perfect story. It's like the comeback kid. Yeah, totally, except that he's a heel. Yeah. <laughs> he came back as a heel. But you know what? We've seen this a couple different times in NXT where like people get saved by heel turns. Like Alexa Bliss was floundering mm. as a babyface. I think hers was a little worse than Amos. Like, I, well, I, I guess we don't know, but Bliss has said in interviews that she was close to getting cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe so. it. She was not great. <laughs> but then she turned heel and all of a sudden it was just like, holy shit. Where did this come from? It was and with Amos, yeah, Amos, it was just like, just little tweaks, right? That was the thing. It like wasn't a huge character turn. And mm-hmm. that's always the argument we make with guys like Cena and Reigns and stuff. Like, we're not asking for full-on 180-degree turns. Mm-hmm. We're asking for just small tweaks and just little changes that can make a huge difference. Yeah, actually, just to deviate for a second, though, uh, when you mentioned Cena... What did you think of his match with Balor there in the main event? Because I thought it was really interesting the way that he, like, his attitude in that match. I think he was putting Balor over. Mm -hmm. Like, he was going to win, so he knew he was winning. So Cena was out there doing what guys think he doesn't do, which is put the younger guys over. But he does. If you look at older guys like Triple H, Mm -hmm. Cena puts younger guys way, way more over than he does. So I think... I think that was Cena disagreeing with the finish and then doing what he could to help Balor. Mm, Okay, that makes sense. Because, yeah, it was like, I loved the level of effort that he was putting into it to really make it seem like, it's like, how the fuck is this guy not dead? Like, I hit him with the AA, I hit him with all this stuff, how is he still not done? And then, like, he was saying to commentary, he was like, I'm just trying to go to WrestleMania. (laughs) So I was like, all right, that's that's good. I really love that storytelling. I think it's starting to tell the story of Cena starting to realize he's slowing down a little bit more and he mm-hmm. has to fight that much harder to get the job done. And it's going to make his story to WrestleMania that much better, right? Like mm-hmm. now you're putting this bigger hill in front of Cena that we haven't seen in a while. Um, my only critique of that match is going to be, and it's always this, mm-hmm. he needs to fucking clinch in the STF. I'm so tired yeah. of seeing five feet of arm space between his fists and the guy's face. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's really fucking bad, but it's just as bad as like the fucking third move in his three moves of doom. Like the that fucking Which punch that the, everybody on. does. Oh yeah, when he like the, falls down the shoulder block. Like yeah, they always yeah. fucking miss by a mile, and then he just throws him down, and then they wait forever while he does the five knuckle shuffle. Yeah, yeah. Man, a lot of his signature like it's weird because a lot of his signature stuff is a lot of his worst stuff. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, isn't that really weird? <laughs> The shoulder blocks. Shoulder blocks are pretty good. <laughs> I don't even. I feel like his shoulder blocks are bad too. There are a lot of guys. He's getting older. Sh- he can't get. He can't get that sh- shoulder down like he used to. Well, he just he does that weird little hop thing that yeah. doesn't like, get that much momentum. So it just kind of looks like he's just kind of bumping into the guys, and then they just like Whoa! like throw themselves down. I don't think any of it looks as bad as the STF though. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And especially, or or they have to do something with the camera angle with it, right? Like, because it was just full on noticeable this past Monday, and I could not like that. It took me out of the match. I was super into it. Saw that and was just like, "Fuck, cinch up, come on!" Like, <laughs> I'm not saying you have to re like rear back as much as uh like Benoit used to do, but don't leave like five feet of space there. Yeah, just don't suck. Like. <laughs> Make it look good, John. Maybe uh, that's been like the secret of the fact that like he really has always been burying guys. Like he knows it. it's like he knows the STF sucks. And he just does that on purpose just to make everybody look shitty. <laughs> so it's like whatever. I made you look like you were struggling when I had my hands all the way like out around your neck. You could you seriously have... have slipped your head out. Come on. <laughs> you could seriously have slipped your head and both of your arms out. <laughs> he actually you could have just dove through my arms. Your whole body. <laughs> I'm just making a giant hole for you to jump through. <laughs> but you have to pretend that you can't jump through it. <laughs> so ha. So ha. Uh, on to the Royal Rumble? Yes. Uh, Let's see. I'm so, trying to think. What was, what was notable on this other than the Rumbles? Did anything big happen? There was the tag uh, matches. Nothing really that good, right? Yeah, there was Lesnar... Uh, with the Kane and Strowman match, which is not great. Um, and then no. Styles and Cammy wasn't really anything that special either. No, I mean, it was a good match. It just didn't blow anyone away. Yeah. Um, I don't think the... there's anything on this show that I'm going to go back to watch other than the no. Rumbles. Um, a big negative besides the two Rumbles was uh, the... Uh... <sighs> what... Where's the match? Why am I not thinking of it? Uh, so, oh, Cesar and Sheamus winning. Oh yeah, the bar getting the tag titles back. Yeah, I, the Jason Jordan stuff killed that match for me, man. Well, the fucking bigger thing that killed all this is the fact that they don't even address this shit on Monday. Yeah. Jason Jordan wasn't there. Seth Rollins wasn't there. And the fact that both of them weren't there, then the, like the bar didn't at least come out and just say like, ah, we beat them so bad they're gone. They like, just came out and fought the... Uh, Titus Worldwide? Titus Worldwide. Yeah, they're just like, ah, fuck it, we'll just fight these black guys. Who have it? Oh, they have a new member, by the way. Sam Roberts was inducted. Huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his the Jason Jordan thing was just fucking weird. I, th- I think I literally turned to you right afterwards, and I was like, Jason Jordan ruined that for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was reading a thing. I don't know if this is true, but like, is it? I had heard that like he and both. Actually, Rollins and Jordan might be a little bit injured. I've heard that Jordan is. Like Jordan uh, more so significantly, and Rollins is just a little banged up. Yeah, but I still think no matter what, they could have, I don't know, booked it in a little better way. Like, Oh, true, true. So I'm just, yeah. I was just wondering if, like, if at least that's going on, then that's an excuse for why they're not on TV. Because I just thought it was inexcusable. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. like, why the fuck are these guys not? You have three goddamn hours of Raw. You can't put these guys on TV for, like, five minutes. Well, and if Rollins is supposedly in, like, did Rollins get injured at the Rumble? Is that what the reports are saying, or was? I don't know. I didn't read that far. Into it. Okay, just, just that like he's a little backed up, and I'm curious why he, him, Cesaro, and Sheamus were in the Rumble and then had a tag match. Yeah, that was really fucking stupid too, right? We have enough guys on the fucking roster that you didn't have to put those guys in the Rumble. And another weird bit of booking that too. It's like all right, because if you still have to have them in both, mm-hmm. then like. Shouldn't you put them in, put the tag match before the Rumble? Because that's way yeah. more important. Because if they get injured, then you can just replace them with somebody else in the Rumble. But if they got injured put, in the Rumble, then like. And put them on the, the, the pre show. Like. Yeah. Or you could have just switched spots with like the Usos match. Because yeah. none of those guys were in the Rumble. So. Yeah. And, and like Sheamus was, the, Sheamus was the only one that like made out on that deal because he only had to last like one second in the Rumble. So. Yeah, he got the special birthday treatment. Yeah. Which means you lose. Because then fucking uh, Becky, she had her birthday this week for the Mixed Match Challenge, and uh, she lost. Yeah. Straight fire was iced out. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. But I the Mixed Match Challenge was very entertaining this week, I have to say. I Yeah, I thought it was really good, too. I mean, the very obvious storytelling of the Zane trying to do everything to get away from Strom and even, like, avoiding Becky's tags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my god! Like, switching the side. So- like, and he's doing mm-hmm. it in such a heel way. It was fantastic. <laughs> And then, what did you think of the aftermath? 
with uh, Strowman confessing to Alexa Bliss a little bit and her and showing then some interest. Alexa Bliss confessing back. Yeah, that, I like, think I think it's I think it's like more like Mixed Match Challenge. I look at it as like a televised house show, so I don't mm-hmm. expect to see any of this on Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just them having fun with another show that's on Facebook. I have to say this though. This is a note. Uh, either Alexa Bliss is a really good actress, which maybe is true, or she was a little bit genuinely turned on there. <laughs> and I think that she might be thinking because she's with like what a bed, like Buddy Murphy, that Australian dude who. Oh right, yeah. Like, maybe she's thinking like you know what? Maybe it's time to get rid of Buddy Murphy and move on to Braun so- Strowman. <laughs> So I actually saw, apparently, that was a storyline on, like, Total Divas this year, where, because I don't think Alexa is technically on the show, but apparently she has lunch or something with um, Nia Jax, Mm. and Nia, like, tells her that she should really think about, like, breaking up with Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. Because she was just like, you're on the main roster now, he's toiling down at NXT and hasn't really done anything, and, like... (laughs) When the fuck is the last time we've even seen him? Like we are now have the a last new time, Australian tag team. <laughs> I mean, whatever the last time was, uh, Murphy and what was his tag team partner? Uh, Wesley Blake. That was it. Yeah. How the fuck do I remember that guy's name? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Holy That's shit. like Saturday Morning Slam. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm supposed to be the facts guy. <laughs> I know, right? I'm Rain Manning you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this will be a thing in real life. Maybe this will just be a thing in storyline. Maybe they'll just yeah. completely fucking drop it all, all together. We'll see. All I know is, I uh, mixed match challenge. Uh, when it was first announced, I was like, let's see how it. Is. It's been entertaining so far. That's all well, I can say. I've heard that a lot of the writing for this is the same guy that writes NXT usually, or wrote NXT before. Okay, yeah, because he came up to SmackDown, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. And this has been good, so I don't like whoever this person is. They keep doing good shit, so it's like <laughs> promote him, keep him. Just can he overthrow Vince, please, as like the creative for Raw as well, and just <laughs> hey, hopefully with the XFL, Vince gets uh distracted. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe it'll be better for WWE. Go Vince. Yeah. Go do XFL. <laughs> Go go challenge the NFL. Um, all right. So, any other highlights from either Rumbles, male or female? Um, okay. So, definitely fucking from the male Rumble. I am so glad that at least in some variation they took my pancake spot for Kofi Kingston. Yes, because I thought that was now, genius. You, to clarify, you wanted Kofi to jump on like individual pancakes, right? Yeah, because like the- have a path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the way that I booked it, like Kofi was the only New Day guy that was in the Rumble, and he was going to get thrown out on top of uh, Biggie and Woods, like a little bit farther than he was, because in the Rumble match this time he was like right next to the ringside. Yeah, so he would get launched a little bit farther, and then that spills the plate of pancakes, and then he would have to make like a trail of pancakes and like skip on them, like stones <laughs> on lava, to get back into the ring. <laughs> the floor is lava. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, they had that fucking Kofi pancake spot that was great. Uh, the Heath Slater getting beat up by everybody's spot was fucking hilarious. But getting an elimination, uh, mm-hmm. that was great. Yeah, but then eliminating the other ginger. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for nostalgia, we had the Hurricane return, just for a nice little pop. Mm-hmm. Um, Rey Mysterio looking fucking awesome. Yeah, he looked really good. I hear this is a one-time thing, but uh, still. So far, so far. I, I after that performance, I mean WWE has to be talking with him at least. Well, you know, maybe maybe he's saying that's like, look, all right, I'm gonna see what you guys do with this uh, cruiserweight classic 2.0, and if <laughs> things on 205 Live start looking up, maybe I'll come back. Because you know, if yeah. he comes back, he's going to 205 Live. I don't think so. I think he just stays on the main roster like, for the money that they're gonna have to pay him. Well, but I I think he would do both. Like, he'd probably obviously still be doing stuff on Raw, but he would definitely because okay. they I think they would look at him and be like, all right, he's the guy who's a big enough star that could save 205 Live. He, I mean, he is the origination of 205 Live, right? Like, right. WWE doesn't believe in cruiserweights until he comes along. <laughs> That's true. And then after he was gone, they're like, eh. 
let's not do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> recently. Uh, so actually, which brings me to uh, my idea for how to completely revolutionize and save 205 Live, the cruiserweight division, the whole concept. So it's not just hiring Rockstar Spud? It's not just hiring Rockstar Spud and changing his name to Drake Maverick, which everybody seemed to be really pissed off with. I I mean, if he was a bigger star, I would care. If it was like CM Punk level getting his name changed, I would care more. But Rockstar Spud ha- has a following. He does have a following. I'll give him that. But it, it's not big enough for me to care about a name change. No, and, and I don't care either. But the thing that I found so weird about it was that on commentary, they were like, oh, yeah, this is Drake Maverick, formerly known as Rockstar Spud. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, why didn't you fucking just keep his name if apparently it's not an issue? Like, whatever. <laughs> so, all right, we got Drake Maverick, a.k.a. Rockstar Spud. <laughs> so here's my pitch. In a wrestling match, especially in WWE or other professional wrestling worlds and stuff like that, what is the one reliable way, if a smaller guy is to be able to beat a bigger guy, what is the way that a smaller guy can beat a bigger guy? Uh, targeting his legs? Targeting limbs, right. And what do you do when you target limbs to win matches? Like holds and things like that? And what do you do to win a match with a hold? Submission? Submissions. Yes. Change the cruiserweight division... To submissions only. Because when you beat body somebody by submission, you're not just beating them down with brute force. Because this could be the logic is that, look, anybody could do that. You can beat somebody down, and that's what the big guys are doing. But when you beat somebody by submission, you prove that you have outskilled them. You have actually beaten them as a competitor. And so the cruiserweights are all about finding the most skilled fighters. And so the cruiserweight champion is the most skilled fighter on the roster. And that's what it means to be the Cruiserweight Champion. So you can still obviously do other moves, high-flying moves, crazy fast moves, but you can only win by submission. I think that could help. I don't think you have to go full submission only, but I think Mm -hmm. maybe make more submission matches, highlight the submission more in some way. Well, because I think this would be part of how you justify it, too. At some point, you would have somebody who's not a cruiserweight, somebody who's bigger, and be like, well, fuck you guys. You're just little dudes. I can beat you. And then they can't. They can't beat the guy in submission. Like, if it's a regular match, they could still beat him because they can pin him. But if it's a submission match, they can't beat this guy. I think, think yeah, I think that would be good. Get some of the bigger guys that maybe aren't as like good Baron technically Corbin. have Baron Corbin fight a few of these guys. Yeah, submission exactly. That's, a, that's the kind of guy I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Cause then you can make Corbin still look good in these matches with these guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like he could still, like you can still show off his strength and show off like he could like pin one of these guys, but when the rules are changed so that it's only submission so that you actually have to outskill your opponent, then he can't do it. Yeah. And you could have him beat guys like Rhino. You could have guys like beat like Mark Henry Big show. Like, all these other big guys that are not doing anything uh, with. Oh, Mark Henry's retired, man. Oh, is he officially done? Oh, yeah. Did I not bring this up a few weeks ago? According to WWE, he is retired. Hey, if he doesn't come back out with a pink salmon suit and give me another retirement <laughs> speech, I don't consider it valid. <laughs> Whenever he... So, I guess, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, uh, that has to be a huge... You mean um, Hall of Pain? Yeah! <laughs> Uh, that has to be a huge highlight of his career because that was fucking amazing when that happened. <laughs> that was, I was actually just fucking talking to somebody about that a couple days ago, just like explaining how fucking amazing that moment was because that was really good. Like, unparalleled fucking acting for Mark Henry right there. With the, I'm trying to remember what his daughter's name was, but he was like telling her that he was going to come home. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. I mean, in the, the Vince McMahon esque pink salmon suit. Mm hmm. Gosh, I fucking loved it. <laughs> Reminiscing about the good old days. Yep, the good old days. Uh, uh, it helps. Me, well, you know what? Here's another good old day. They uh, they're finally listening to the crowd at least a little bit. I think in giving Rusev the number one contendership for the U.S. title, because 
this just feels I mean, like after Rumble, right? Like mm-hmm. that was so apparent. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just like constantly been growing and growing, and this is I guess now Vince is like, all right, give him something. Because there was there was three times that Rusev Day was chanted when Rusev <laughs> came out, when Aiden English came out, and when Lana came out. Yep, all all every single time, and the people were fucking into it every time. Like I think that was one of the loudest, most consistent chants that people were really into. Yes. That, maybe, like, Nakamura's theme song. And, mm-hmm. uh... Hmm, I don't know. Those would probably be the top two. Um, there's a little bit of Asuka's Gonna Kill You. Oh, yeah. Totally some Asuka's Gonna Kill You. Yeah. Which brings me to a question I think I've probably asked you a couple different times, but I need to ask you again, because the situation updates. Who in the fuck is ever gonna beat Asuka's undefeated streak and hand her that first L. Rowdy, Ronda, Rowdy. You're probably right. I could see that. But only, it only... has to be built right. Mm-hmm. And so far, it's a little shaky. <laughs> yeah, what is So, in you... case anyone didn't see it, we now have Ronda Rousey in the WWE, and her entrance was semi awkward. <laughs> yeah, that was really fucking weird. Just. The overly stylized pointing at the fucking sign and just doing it over and over again and saying nothing. Yeah. And then going and shaking Stephanie McMahon's hand. Like, the rumor, and I guess this makes sense, that they're going to capitalize on a couple years ago when they had Stephanie versus Ronda. And they're going to try and do a tag match with Ronda. Hopefully versus The Rock, but probably not. Um, Unfortunately, it sounds like it might be Braun Strowman is just going to get thrown into this. Hmm. I, I say unfortunate because, to WrestleMania. No, that okay. Because if Braun Strowman along with Ronda Rousey beat Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, which by the way Braun Strowman wouldn't be getting the pin anyway, Ronda would get the one on Stephanie, and you know that's true. Or they could do a double pin. No, they won't do that. Because Triple H would never take a pin that he doesn't have to, <laughs> and he doesn't take many that he should. Um. But no, like that. Th- all right, because all right, how is <laughs> how is that comparable to instead if you have Braun Strowman beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title in the main event? You cannot tell me that that win would mean the same amount as beating Triple H in a tag team oh, match. Obviously not. That's but dog you also fart. remember. <laughs> you also have to remember that this is just rumors because right now it's still rumored that. Taker is wrestling at WrestleMania, and I see no signs of that whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I guess they can always just have him come out and point at the sign with Ronda Rousey, right? Like, they're just all <laughs> pointing at the... If, if you point at the WrestleMania sign, you get to go. That's the standard. <laughs> I think this is how Ronda should have been booked. I think she should have come out, faced off with each of the three women in the ring, with Alexa, uh, Asuka... And Charlotte, and then have Stephanie come in all excited. Stephanie should not have been hesitant. Mm-hmm. Stephanie should have been like, "Yes, women's power. This is the women's revolution." And then you have Ronda hit her with that um, judo throw that she hit on Triple H at WrestleMania. Well, didn't I, like, didn't she hit Stephanie with something? I thought she I think slapped it was the same her, right? thing. Yeah. So I th- I thought it made sense for her to be wary because the last time she saw her, she hit her. Maybe, but I I feel like there shouldn't have been an attempted handshake with Asuka, and I feel like it should have been made more clear that it's Stephanie that she's going after. If that's the direction they're they're going, sorry. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I don't know, I really don't like that she's doing this weird, like, smiley thing. Like, I I get if this was, like, that she fucked up and was just too excited, but I don't think that's what this was. Like, I think she was specifically told, go out there and be smiley and cheeky. Oh, no, I think she fucked up. You think so? I think it was go out and be... I don't know. Maybe someone didn't tell her how to act, right? Because the rumor actually right now is that they did, because they had to keep her so secretive, they had no practice whatsoever. No kind of like walkthrough. Usually Vince, in these kind of segments, mm-hmm. Vince will like be out there and walk them through what he wants them to do and stuff. And apparently all they could do was go into wherever Ronda was hiding and talk about it. And so maybe they didn't weren't completely clear on what they wanted from her. Mm. And so the emotion of walking out in front of a crowd again, like it's been a while since she's been in an arena setting like that. 
Mm-hmm. And I think be, being in the WWE, honoring uh, Roddy Piper like she was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that was that was fucking cool. I'm glad that she. Oh, the leather jacket, the shirt. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Roddy's daughter was uh, tweeted out that she had uh, checked with her about everything and she was super cool with it. So awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see kind of how it goes from here. But uh, yeah. yeah, not overly impressed with the debut, especially because like they should have just fucking had her debut in the Rumble. Why shouldn't why couldn't they have just had her debut and win the Rumble? I don't think she's ready to be in the ring yet, maybe. Then why are you signing the bitch to a contract? She's a big name. And also, like, I mean, I guess this is rumor too, but hasn't she been fucking, like, training in the ring for months secretly? Uh, yeah, that I'm not sure of. That's probably true. If that's not true, then, like, this bitch has got to get her priorities in line. Like, don't fucking sign a, I assume, a multi-year contract if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Or at least committed to knowing. Because I'm sure she is, but... Yeah. Especially, alright, because this is my other thing. It... Because... This fucking stupid match. I don't want her to fight Stephanie. It's so stupid. But they're going to do that. I guess I just need to swallow it. Get Apparently right. they've been obsessed with it ever since that... That's, what, three years ago? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, because I just... I would have so rather had her fight Asuka. Like... I feel like that would have been the exact proper introduction for her into this fucking world. <clears throat> you know, is that it's like you have the fucking amazing MMA fighter lady versus the undefeated, like the worlds collide sort of thing. Sorry, I'm loving the amazing MMA fighter later. <laughs> MMA fighter lady. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, that I would assume maybe they're going to build towards that for like SummerSlam or something like that. Maybe... If uh, Asuka's the Raw Women's Champion or SmackDown Women's Champion, I don't know what the fuck she's going to do. And then Rousey gets the other belt. Then you can have, like, Mm, champion versus champion at WrestleMania, and they're still both undefeated. Or not WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Sorry. That's what I meant to say. Because I feel like they cannot waste that match. That's too good of a match to not do. Yeah. And they both have to still be undefeated for it to work properly, I think. That is true. But then, so I think that's why maybe it was like supposed to be a, just a tease with mm-hmm. uh, her going up against Asuka. So. Yeah, because then I also, this is a very small note, but I loved that Asuka slapped her hand away. It felt oh, to me yeah, kind of like tight. a, look, you don't belong here yet, kid. Yeah, because it was always, it's the WWE thing, right? Of mm-hmm. any celebrity... Uh, that comes in is at a higher level than any of our wrestlers. And I think Asuka was like, yeah, I'm bringing you back down. Mm-hmm. And because I, th- I think a little bit too, because it was so soon after Asuka won it, that it was a little bit of like, what are you trying to steal my thunder, bitch? Get out of here. Yeah. Like, this is my moment. Yeah. Which actually ties perfectly into the breaking up like, of Cody Rhodes, or not Cody Rhodes, uh, Kenny Omega from the Bullet Club. Huge. Oh yeah, Cody and Kenny Japan. are breaking up. Yeah, uh, because so part of that was um, uh, so it was Adam Page uh, came out to declare that he was going to be the next challenger for the U.S. title after Kenny lost to Jay White, and Kenny got a little like in his face and kind of ruined it a little bit. Yeah, and that was part of what Cody like, came out back for. down, young boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Cody started getting a little angry. Came out and was like, "This is his moment. How dare you ruin this." Uh, then that sort of led further to the uh, breakdown of things, where then eventually uh, Cody turned on Kenny Omega along with Adam Page and uh, the the villain Marty Skrull, the Young Bucks. Like Kenny Omega seems Everybody. to be out, and uh, he rejoined his golden lover Kota Ibushi. <laughs> so I don't know. There's like crazy shit going on right now over there. Because I mean, well, they are they were also joined by the <clears throat> third man, which is the Invisible Man that Kota Ibushi once wrestled. Who's that? The Invisible Man? Yeah. Did you, did you ever see that? No. <laughs> Cody Ibushi wrestled an Invisible Man. Wow. That's that's really impressive. That's like Kenny Omega fighting the little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Vince and Shane fighting Shawn Michaels and God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody should make a compilation of all those fucking matches someday. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the weird ones. that. <laughs> all the like, and like the WLC can be in there. 
uh, Al Snow should completely shit on. Uh, he was at the live Russ something to wrestle with podcast. Uh, he completely shit on the kennel in a cell match, <laughs> <laughs> oh where they gosh. had dogs literally shitting and pissing <laughs> around. The ring. That's fucking ridiculous. Yep. Oh my gosh. Uh, but, uh, but yes. So back to, to back to Kenny Omega. Uh, so you told me about this mm-hmm. when you came over to watch the Rumble, and I said I think it's a good thing. I think it advances the Bullet Club because mm-hmm. it changes things up a bit. You now have the change in the power structure of Cody's now the definitive leader, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Kenny going off and doing something new. Yeah, it, it, I think it makes a lot of sense because uh, you know it, Omega was almost to that level where he was like almost like beyond the Bullet Club. Like, what was what else popularity. was he going to do with the Bullet Club, kind of? Right, like just continue to lead it. But at, that, at the same time, there was a problem in that he was becoming so face, and Bullet Club is really supposed to be a heel faction. Yeah, that I think they had to split him off because otherwise, Bullet Club was going to have to turn face, and that wouldn't work very well for what they seem to be doing right now. So I think that made a lot of sense to put it on Cody and have you know, Cody turn on Kenny, who's so beloved, so that Cody can get even more heel heat. And uh, yeah, so it we'll, looks like we'll get a little bit of a war with the uh, Golden Lovers there. But it'll be cool too just to see because you know, Kenny has become so synonymous with Bullet Club now that it'll be cool to see him kind of branch back out and become whatever Kenny Omega is. Yeah, you know? kind of maybe dip back into that old. I I don't want to see him go full goofy, right? Like, because mm-hmm. him and Coda Coda have doing some really weird shit. Um, but just maybe like a little hint of that. Yeah, well, it's like the I imagine it'll be like a synthesis of his older character and his newer character to become like a whole new being. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see it because I think he's like such a fucking immensely talented performer and such like it seems he seems like a really smart guy. You know, like he he really understands his character and how characters work and story and stuff like that. So it's I'm excited to see what happens. Because there's also been like some other crazy shit just in New Japan too. Because like he's not the only one. Uh, like they've been planting some other seeds for this story with uh, Okada. His next chan- uh, challenger is uh, Cold Cold Skull Sonata. Yeah, which kind of came out of nowhere, right? A little bit, but, like, so he's, like, all right, so at the next uh, event, like, all the Los Ingobernables guys are going to be getting title matches for the most part, except for Naito. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a little bit of a, not quite a full thing, but it's, like, they're teasing a little bit of, like, the power struggle in Los Ingobernables, just, like, showing that, like, I don't know, I guess there could be another top guy in there. Because, like, Sonata's going for the world title, um, Evil's going for the open weight title, and mm-hmm. then I believe, yeah, Hiromu's going for the lightweight title. But they keep talking about on commentary, like, just how much of a freak athlete Sonata is, and just this idea that, like, he's constantly at, like, the 60 or 70% range as far as his effort. And they keep being afraid that, it's like, if he ever gets to 100, then, like, nothing's going to stop him. Mm-hmm. And, like... Okada keeps kind of like fucking with him and like trying to like bring out that side of him to try and like test him. And I don't think it's going to lead to a title change, but I think it would be a really interesting story to consider of like if Okada pushes him just a little bit too far and then Sonata does turn it up all the fucking way and then it leads to Okada like getting upset after this like huge reign and then it could lead to like some jealousy too of like Sonata having the title and Naito's been gunning after for so long, and he couldn't beat Okada, but then Sonata beats him. Kind of like a Randy Orton and Triple H sort of thing. Like, what the fuck? I can't beat Chris Benoit, but then Randy Orton beats Chris Benoit? Fuck that guy. Yeah, the master and mentor-like. Right. Like, I can Dynamic. see a little bit of that, so... I don't know. I still, I think that Okada's still going to retain, but it's, it's an interesting story, and I think it's... At least right now, it's really building Sonata, which is good. He's got some potential. I like him. Yeah, so it should be interesting. Yeah. And then fucking Minoru Suzuki is, like, taking out Tanahashi. He's, like, fucking, his leg is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been a long time coming, though. Tanahashi has been fighting a lot of injuries. hmm Ever since, I think it was, like, the G1 last year. Oh, shit. 
that, that he had like knee problems start and things like that that he really needed to take time off and they were kind of like hey can you fight through this <laughs> yep. so this is perfect too you, you, know, you let the suzuki be the perfect guy that writes that storyline for you of yeah. he needs time to take off from injuries because he just got fucked up by suzuki yeah and then you could obviously have the heroic tor- return one day exactly eventually once he comes back you can have the heroic match and in the meantime you, we get more suzuki matches I was going to say, and then in the meantime, you have enough stars now in New Japan. Like, I'm hearing about way more as, like, I'm a very casual viewer of New Japan, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning these names way more than I had a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, it's it's really fucking growing. And they, they just sold out, too, another show um, in America, right? Yeah, uh, they sold... I want to say like 8,000 tickets or something like that in 20 some minutes. Holy shit. <laughs> That's insane. I I don't quote me in the 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 20 minutes I know is right. I can't yeah. remember how many tickets it was. But still, like just the whatever it was that they sold out that fast, like Yeah, th- there is really a growing market for it, you know. People are interested oh, in that like just as a different wrestling product and it's so damn good. And I think they're being really smart with it too. Like, uh, apparently the this new arena that they're going to, so it's not the convention center, which I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. It was um, like a small arena, and so I think they just keep building it. They're like, they, they don't want to overexert themselves, right? So they're not going to go for the Staples Center yet, right? But the fact that they're selling these smaller venues out so quickly is like gives them an idea of what they can and can't do. Yeah, yeah. Because I wonder how much, like, obviously it tells you that you know, you definitely have that much market. But then I wonder how much you can gather from that as far as like predicting how soon you'd be able to go to a bigger building and how much bigger. Yeah. Because like, if you can fill, what well, I think they had like what forty thousand or something like that at a uh, Wrestle Kingdom, but obviously that's in Japan. Yeah. So it's like in, in the America. Tokyo Dome, something that they run every year. Right. Very big deal. Whereas then in America, it's like. You know, maybe if they had like a you know, really big show, kind of like what they're doing here, it's like maybe they could get up to like half that. Possibly. Like, I think it's possible. I think with a big enough show, like one that's advertised well enough and it's got enough like American talents, or you know, other people that you know, people know, like guys like Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, stuff like that, then I think they could maybe do like a 10, 20,000. Yeah. Um,. 5,300 tickets. So 5,300 tickets were sold out in 20 minutes. Hmm. Okay, so maybe off of that, then I could I could see them doing 10,000. Yeah. Because, yeah, in 20 minutes, it's like, are you de- that's definitely all the super hardcore fans. Yeah. But then there's still a lot of, like, hardcore or even slightly casual fans that if they were close enough, they'd still buy it, even if it's not in the first half hour of tickets being available. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause yeah, I mean, I didn't even fucking know about it. I'm trying, where is it, where is it taking place? Do you know? Is it in California again? Yeah, it's in Long Beach again. Oh, it's just Long Beach, okay. A, just That's at an arena there. Okay. Cool. Well, shit, I mean, that'd be exciting. And I think they want to, yeah, it's the Walter Pyramid in Long Beach. Hmm. Cool. Well, shit, good luck to them. And good luck to fucking Cody Rhodes. I want this all in to succeed so badly. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to. I mean, all the signs are pointing to it, right? I mean, I think so. But, like, I don't know. I just I feel like it would suck so bad if it didn't make it. You know what I mean? And I'm just, I'm so, like, I'm so jazzed about the idea of just, I hope it fucking works. <laughs> I fucking love Cody Rhodes, man. I'm a huge mark for him. So, I think that's half of it. Because if somebody, if some other random person was doing this, I'd still be excited about it as just like another guy that's trying to really make a stamp and make a big show and be like an independent presence. But I don't think you would be as excited, yeah, right? And you, would, wouldn't, you wouldn't care as much if it failed. Right. Yeah, I just, I have that connection. Cody Rhodes has won me over. Just like Johnny Mundo stole my heart many years ago. He'll be back on TV soon. Yes. Season four. Lucha Underground returns. Sometime. But it's happening. 
sometime somewhere sometime somewhere someplace uh which actually i have this fucking last note here which speaking of sometime somewhere uh remind me of tyler Bate being on two different shows this week being the main event in both of those shows and doing a damn fucking good job against both tjp and roderick strong yeah how i just how is he not like does it make you embarrassed to be in your 20s and look at him be like god damn it Oh, well, I yeah, one. <laughs> and and then two is just, like, how WWE is not using him more. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Because, uh, like, most of the time he's off doing main events of indie shows. Him and mm-hmm. Pete Dunne are. Maybe, maybe that's their idea right now is they want to keep having those guys just uh, expand the UK brand in some way. But I don't even know, like, how they're – because, like, what, what would you even qual- – is the UK brand just the UK title? And therefore, they're so far, su- yes. like they're UK superstars, quote unquote, because there's yeah. no regular um, show. There's no. Anything. Yeah, so that's what people are theorizing. Like maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about yet that they're going to come out and be like, hey, the UK show is finally happening. So mm-hmm. I mean, like maybe do you think part of it is just like obviously they're going out and just trying to get some more Raymnick or geez, Raymnick name recognition and spread some of the idea of like the UK show so that maybe the idea would be. You know, they need to pick up a few more guys from that area of the world, but then maybe even have and regularly do a TV show over there. Like, it actually would broadcast over there at a regular time and then just throw it up on the network. Because, like, you know, the actual time it would regularly air for us would be in, like, fucking the middle of the night or something. Yeah, because so they're, wanted... what, six hours ahead? Oh, yeah, yeah. so actually maybe be in, like, the middle of the day for us. Be like, hey, you know, WWE UK's on. It's two in the afternoon. Like, it's all from two to four. So it's like, all right, well, I guess you could watch that. Or, you know, it would just be on the network so you could get to it. Like, I feel like that'd be a really smart way to go about it, right? Yeah, I th- I think so. I think you nailed it. And I think maybe because the, the one UK show deal fell through when they were going to bring back, um, oh, I forgot what the show's called. But Jim Ross was going to commentate on it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then that got dropped, so people theorized that WWE was going to pick up the time slot. But maybe the station was like, hey, we just want you to build the brand more or something like that, and then come back to us. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I think letting Dunn and uh, Bate kind of go on their own isn't that big of a deal because i mean some exciting stuff is happening like was it pete was it in pete dunn that fought like one of the tna guys at like an independent show um i try i think that was right wasn't it i think i think did he did he fight austin aries or something that sounds right yeah so and i mean that that brings you some buzz totally although so he's been unfortunately eliminated out of the cruiserweight tournament here but uh who do you think if you had to pick blindly right now who do you think's gonna win this thing i kind of want it to be well who wait who's out of it uh was it just bait that's out of it bait's out of it and grand metallic is out because he lost to Cedric Alexander. Okay, so either TJP or Drew Gulak. To win it? Yeah. Hmm. Because I definitely, I feel like TJP can't win it, but I feel like he definitely should be in the finals. Oh, yeah, with the character he's doing now, I mm-hmm. want him in the finals. Yeah, because I think it'd be so fucking perfect to feed in, like, yeah, I was so goddamn close to winning it again. Yeah. And, yeah, and that would build up the drama, too, of, like, oh, he was the first one, he won it the last time. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, you could do Cedric Alexander. I don't know they're trying with Mustafa Ali right now, and it's still kind of. I don't know. Drew Gulak would be really exciting. I think that'd be that'd be a fucking technical match out the ass. I'd love it. It would feed into my submissions idea. <laughs> um, I also yeah. I loved his scenes with a. Uh... <laughs> Crap! I'm, I'm already forgetting his new name, but <laughs> Rockstar Spud. Oh, uh, Drake Maverick. <laughs> Drake Maverick, yeah. Yeah, you could totally do that. Ooh, um, or a surprising return, Rey Mysterio, but I guess he'd have to return, like, right now. So, yeah. that won't happen. 
Hideo with Tommy and Roderick Strong are both in this tournament. Maybe uh, maybe Roderick Strong. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Who would be the only... I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of great options. But yeah, I, I like Drew Gulak. That'd be fun. Because I, I don't know. People fucking like him, though. Like, even though he is supposed to be more of, like, that quote-unquote heelish character. Yeah. People are into him. But I think I, so. That would have been also fucking interesting. Like, what if he had just been the GM for 205 Live? <laughs> Actually, I think that would have had more legs, at least, you know, immediately, than uh, this whole Rockstar Spud Drake Maverick guy. Yeah. I think that I think they're thinking long-term for Drake Maverick, though. So, so. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which is good. Well, yeah, we'll see how he does. I mean, it, it wasn't... I feel like his performance was better than his perception. Because I think people were mad about the name change. Like, yeah. people weren't letting that go <laughs> for some reason. Oh, man. But yeah, I'll be excited All to right. see who wins uh, the second Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. You know, actually, my real secret <laughs> is I want it to be Neville. I want Neville to come back. Now that uh, Enzo's gone. Yep. Just stomp right, on motherfuckers right, I, again. Right. I think that's going to do it for me this week. I've hit a wall of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess we'll close it out then. Yeah. All right. So uh, check back next week. Uh, nothing big happening. So, yay, we get our uh, a little break. We go back into our, our new more normal routine. Uh, so, yeah, check us out on social media, Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, and SuperSmartBrothers at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Anywhere worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. that Ain't that the truth? So the truth. And just one last commemoration of the Asian invasion. Asia. 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 Asia.